Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios. Today, the two sexual life paths for men. I'm about to tell you something that you may have never heard before. Two life paths lie ahead of you. These paths are very different and will lead to entirely different outcomes. One will lead to your happiness and freedom and the other will lead to your destruction. I bet I have you curious now. Allow me to enlighten you. Enjoying my content? Check out my blog at heliosblog.com. On YouTube, you can support me by liking and subscribing. I'm also on Spotify if you'd prefer a podcast. If you're interested in my books, The Strategist's Guide to Seduction and Quotes to Live By, they're available on Amazon. In addition, you can follow me on Patreon at The Helios Blog for exclusive content. On with the show. What are the two life paths available to men in the West? There are only two currently available sexual life paths for men. They could not be more different from each other. You are likely already on one of these paths, and not the good one. Here they are. Be a cog in the system for women and be miserable. That's number one. Number two, be a social deviant and be free. Notice how neither of these looks good on the surface. I'm going to explain both of these points in much greater detail, and you'll see how being a cog will never make you happy. In fact, it will very likely lead to your misery and eventual destruction. Let's move on, shall we? Part 1. Being a cog in the system for women. In this section, I'm going to tell you a story to explain what being a cog means and also how it relates to your sexual satisfaction and eventual life path with women. You'll see that being a cog will make you miserable eventually. Number 1. What we are taught as small children. As small children, we are taught to obey. Who are we taught to to obey by? Usually an overbearing mother and a beta father. Our role models growing up are those that encourage betaness in every fashion. Here are some messages you must have heard growing up. Don't hit a girl. She's a girl. Don't say that to her. Can't you see that she's sensitive? Respect your elders. Can't you see she's a lady? Buy her flowers. Don't forget to tell her you love her. Make time for the girls you care about. Tell her how you feel. Take her out on a nice date. We have these messages repeated to us from a young age up until we leave home for whatever reason. These messages all repeat the same message effectively. They all repeat this fact. Men should defer to and respect women in all situations. Phrased differently, women are superior to men and should be treated that way. As impressionable young men, we listen and internalize. We hear that we should defer to women, and so we do. Number two, how young men are treated by young women as a result of lessons from home. We were good boys growing up and so internalized the lessons of deference to women. When we were treated when we treated young women at school with this deference, they really were nice to us. So far so good. We were happy. Everything that our parents taught us worked. The world worked as we believed it did. Everything changed after puberty though. Once we kids reached puberty and wanted sex with women, all the lessons that we were taught failed us. We treated the girls that we liked with deference and respect and got rejected, so we asked our parents for help. The lies our parents tell us when we were rejected as kids. When we boys get rejected as kids by girls we like, we then receive false advice to further indoctrinate us. Here is who it comes from. Number one, our dad, who is clueless with women and has been a beta for at least 10 plus years at this point. Two, our mom, who knows, but gives us advice to help team girl and not us. We received the advice that the girl was wrong for us. We must have made a bad decision, and that was the problem. 
No problem lies in our deferential behavior towards women. The problem lies with the choice of women. All women are angels, but that one you chose just happened to be not the right one for you. The cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. The lies we are told by our female friends in young adulthood. Eventually, we reach young adulthood. Women are still rejecting us, and for the same reason. At this point, we're a little smarter, and so we no longer ask our parents for advice on how to get girls. Instead, we ask the source, one of our friends who is a girl. She's always been nice to us, and so we believe that she'll give us good advice on how to get that girl of our dreams. And she gives us exactly the same advice as our parents did. She says something like, that girl was a bitch. Find one who isn't a bitch. And we believe her. We keep failing with women, however, though we might have kissed a girl at this point. Number five, the lies we are told at university. We get to university and we're still doing terribly with women. We see women having a fuckfest with all the douchebags and we think that those women must be bitches and not right for us. We still haven't learned anything about the real world at this point. Now, we don't believe our parents or other women, even if they're our friends, as their advice has never led to us getting results with the women we want. So ask our male friends who seem to have had some success with women. They tell us that they had no idea how they got the girl they got. They were just lucky and found the one. Notice how insidious all this programming is. By the time you've reached university, not one person has told you the truth. All the women in your life have lied, and all the betas are too indoctrinated to know better. If you don't unplug now, you're in for the next stage of being a cog in the female system. Number six, the lies we are told about monogamous relationships. After much struggle, and maybe the acquiring of a new lucrative job, we finally get a girlfriend. She's not as pretty as we would have liked, but the pretty girls were bitches anyway, right? We don't understand at this point that women are women and none are actually bitches. Finally, after years of failure, we're finally having sex and it's amazing. Everyone around us tells us that this girl is the one. We're so lucky to have finally found her. Nobody will tell you that in three years the sex is going to dry up and you're going to be miserable. Everyone, including your girlfriend, tells you that your decisions are justified and they love that we've finally gotten it. Everyone around us, who is also in a monogamous relationship, keeps up the lie that they're so happy when behind closed doors most of those guys are not fucking at all or are fucking at a third of the rate that they would actually want. Number seven, the lies we're told about monogamous marriage. We are told from a young age that out there lies one special girl for us, one special person who will love us and be with us forever and give us all the happiness in the world. We see our parents as being relatively happy and are tricked into believing. We have no idea what happens in our parents' bedroom or how happy they actually are. We only see what they show us. We finally get married. Everyone in our family praises us. We feel like we're on top of the world. We did it. We found the one. One year goes by and we're happy. Two years go by and we're happy. At this point, we have a kid and everything feels fantastic. We feel so justified in all the struggle and pain that we suffered as young men up to this point. Everyone was right. We just hadn't found the one yet. But then, disaster strikes. Number eight, the truth hits us. Three years pass and something strange happens. A wife, who was very sexual and happy before, suddenly starts to deny us sex. First, it reduces to three times a week, then two, then one. Finally, we're only having sex once a month, and even then, it isn't passionate or wild like it used to be. We wonder what we did wrong. So we ask her. She says, She's too tired. She's achy. She has a long day tomorrow. She hasn't showered. She needs to watch a show, etc. 
The truth is never uttered. She's sexually bored of you because humans are not monogamous. One sexless year passes, then two, then three. We realize what's happening, but at this point we're stuck. What about the children? What about the house? Oh God, what about us? We sink into despair and utter betahood. And now finally, the coup de grace. Cheating and divorce. Number nine. Our wife, our beautiful, gorgeous wife, who is the only one for us in the whole world, who now denies us sex, has found another man. She starts to become emotionally unavailable, and we can feel it. She pulls away at first, and then starts disappearing at weird times, having to work late at the office or some other excuse. She blindsides us. She wants a divorce. But honey, what about us? There is no us anymore. We then have to leave our matrimonial house and move out to an apartment. We have to pay alimony, child support, and basically be destitute. We see our kids once a week, and we don't feel good talking to our ex-wife, as we have had a really nasty divorce. We feel bitter and sad. Number 10. End game of being a cog. This is the story of the average beta male. This is the life of the average beta male and how they live. Rejection after rejection after rejection. Praise for stupid decisions. And finally, ending in a divorce. All the work that the beta has put into his life is now siphoned into the account of his ex-wife, who never loved him and was never the one. It was all a lie told from the beginning to facilitate this endgame. Do not let this be you. You have been warned. So ends part one. Now on to part two. Being a free social deviant. I hope that just by reading these words you are inspired. There is a better path out there for you. Let's talk about what could have happened if we instead chose from university to become a social deviant and learn the truth then. Alternative 6. Discovering the truth. In this path, we simply got lucky. We sucked up our pride and went to one of the jocks and asked him, How are you so good with women? He then actually told us something truthful for once. Remember, nobody up to this point has told us anything true. He said, I'm just hot, dude. Girls love a hot guy, and so don't give a shit about them. And rather than rejecting what he says outright, we actually listen to the wisdom in those words and try to improve ourselves. We ask him how he got a body like that and he explains his crazy training regimen. We ask him if we can join. We become friends with this natural alpha and follow him, changing our body and our mind to be more like his. Suddenly, the world isn't like what it used to be. Alternative 7. All of your friends and family shame you. Once we start our path to improvement and go home for the first time, everyone around is making fun of us. Look at Mr. Sweaty over there, working out so much. Why can't you have a nice girlfriend like your brother? The crabs in our life are trying to pull us back into the bucket. But we're lucky and resist, despite their attempts. In fact, we feel some serious contempt for them, since we've been lied to our whole lives. We leave in a rage, but we are determined to not be like them. Alternate 8. Despite massive rejection, we finally figure it out. Our alpha friend tells us to stick it out even though we're getting rejected. We have sex not once, but a few times without any commitment at all. We look better than we've ever looked, and we even have one of friends with benefits. A girl who wants to fuck us regularly just because she likes to fuck. It's amazing. Alternative 9. We get older and keep following our strategies while everyone around us gets married. We get better at seduction, getting to the point where we can always have a roster of three girls that we're sleeping with. We decide to never get married at this point. Our family shames us into oblivion, mentioning every time we see them what a failure we are for not following the societal script. 
We try to explain why our system is better. Our family won't hear it. They think we are a failure and mention it several times. All our friends get married, including that natural alpha that taught us how to be this way. We remain. Alternate 10. All of our married friends become too busy to talk to us anymore, but we make new ones. Because we have labelled ourselves as a social deviant, all of our friends who used to be so close to us leave. We make new friends in unexpected places. We are the pariah of our family, but are happy and free. We eventually have a serious relationship with a woman, but we never become exclusive. Our parents try to shame us into marrying her, but even they know at this point that it is futile. We have children with her while still sleeping with women on the side. She knows and accepts that that is who we are. She remains passionate for the ten years that we are together, and when we split, it is amicable. Because we understand how women work, we never shared financial accounts of possessions, and so splitting of assets occurred, and we decided to go our separate ways. Because we had a parenting plan in place that accounted for splitting, we already knew how our children would be treated in the case of a split. There is no confusion or serious argument. We remain on good terms to this day. Conclusion As you can see, there are two paths you can go by. In the long term, only one of those paths will make you happy. You will likely have to sacrifice your friends and familial approval to attain this happiness, however. That is life. There are no perfect options. Choose to be a cog and miserable, or a free deviant. I know which one I have chosen.